This is not an expert podcast. see that body works exhibit where they have like all the muscles and stuff it scarred me i left crying because i was like this is too uh, much at the, yeah. at the denver museum um yeah at the denver museum <laughs> of nature and science andrew yeah. mai's hangout spot space odyssey five ever you know that gates planetarium life oh yeah um oh yeah i actually didn't go to the and um like the health or anatomy exhibit for a while Mm. Was it the, um, um, that was one of my favorites when I was little, but they did like a special installment where the body works people came, but that health and fitness one was one of my favorites because you got that card and it would track oh, yeah, you the card and it would where... let you know how much you weigh and that's where we found out for the first time that Andrew was taller than me. Never before that. <laughs> oh, never when man. his never when his entire head was over mine. So you that didn't count. You. We needed an official Measurement. An measurement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it does your wingspan, and then you can go yeah. grocery shopping and decide if you're going to get healthy foods, junk foods, up to you, really. But they shame <laughs> you if you get junk foods. <laughs> and then you get to print out a little card at the end. Oh, yeah, you get that little bicycle thing. You remember that? And, you, and then, oh, yeah, the bicycle thing, and you have your buddy mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. And I would always bicycle choose thing. Andy. <laughs> Yeah, you always chose Andy. I don't know why. Um, not because he has a similar name to you or anything. Yeah, that would be I think I just crazy. liked his general demeanor, his way of interacting and relaying information. I mean, no, I think I just chose him for the name. <laughs> Anyways, my mom got family passes to the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, so we went there all the time because it was free. <laughs> yeah. Not the worst place. I mean, I would enjoy it. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. They have I really a tiny little the... ancient, exhi- uh, ancient Egypt exhibit. That's what I was just about to bring up. That mummy <laughs> that I, for real, was like, this is the oldest mummy in the world. That's not true, but it's there. It's a mummy just it's hanging there. out under glass. <laughs> Did you think it was going to come alive? No. That's somebody oh. else's nightmare, not my own. <laughs> that was my nightmare. Yeah, as I say, that's, that's, that's your burden to carry. Not mine. <laughs> they also had like three floors of just like nature. animals. Yeah, the nature exhibits where it was just animals, like stuffed, not stuffed animals, but like taxidermied animals. And then the dinosaur yeah. exhibit. Um, Man, when you were little, Andrew, you I, would I love throw the such a fit. If we didn't to go. go to that dino- yeah, <laughs> if we even thought about not going in, it was on the third floor, so we would hit it last because we would work our way from bottom to top. Yeah. And boy, if we got tired before we got to that dinosaur exhibit, you would throw a fit, and so we would have to go through it with you. <laughs> you would be bummed. Oh, that was, yeah, like, that, the that... only thing Andrew was, like, really passionate about. Yeah, because... Dinosaurs um, in space. Yeah, those are, those are my two interests when I was when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. Like, um, when... Um, when Mom and I went to, um, like... Uh, like the kindergarten interview, you know, you're meeting your teacher for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. She was like, oh, and what does, uh, what does uh, uh, Andrew want to be when he grows up? <laughs> uh, it was Tell like, him what you said, Andrew. Let's see here. President, mm-hmm. entologist, astronaut on the moon. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even for a while through middle school, he said, I want to be a part-time chemist, a part-time YouTuber. You did say that. I know. That's the problem with having me around is you can't pretend you didn't say any of this stuff. You definitely said part-time YouTuber, part-time chemist. Did I? Man, that's... Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Listen, your lofty ambition. I always supported you. I said, that's great. That's you can make that work? No problems. Well, hear a complaint from me. I just want in on some of that YouTube seed money. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you if you do strike gold. Mm, if you do, then, you know, just remember who always supported <laughs> your dreams. Or heard you say part-time chemist, part-time YouTuber, and said, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, I deserve yeah. some monetary cash reward for that type of support. Yeah, now now I'm looking at more um, of like a physics and a chemistry or, uh, ordinated field. Mm -hmm. Where are I'm, you applying to schools? Let's see here. I'm gonna. I'm going to apply to BYU. I'm going to apply to Rice University in Houston, Texas. I'm going to apply to School of Mines. Let's see here. What's my number four? Number four is probably. Some school in Georgia. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> awesome. Sure, we'll go with that. Definitely. And then, uh, and then five would be like UCD. Uh, University of Colorado, Denver. University mm. of California, Davis, yeah. That's what, that's what I was thinking. I was like... <laughs> yeah. Um, He's applying to a public school in a different state. Have you uh, <laughs> talked to mom about coming to visit me yet? Kind of. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? Um, like... <laughs> that sounds like a no. <laughs> Georgia... Georgia is like... Highly unregulated, so I wouldn't be surprised if they had like SATs or whatever. Oh yeah, just tell mom to come on down uh, with you and let you take your SATs. I promise I'll get you to the right spot on time. <laughs> Can't promise you won't die from COVID, but I can promise you know you can probably take your SATs. Actually, I have a coworker who's taking her SATs in not this week but next week. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. In person. What do you have to take if you don't have to take SATs then? Um, Is it the ACT? It's ACTs. No, so um, he does have to take both, but they're or, not holding. Wait, no, I don't. I, I don't know. Please don't say I have to take both. Please. The ACT is more literature focused, and I can't. I can't do literature. Okay. Well, I got a thirty-three on the ACT, so just take that for what oh. you will. Boom. You're, you're better. You're better at reading and writing than I am. Yeah, I am. Say it again. You're better at reading it writing than I am. We're but recording I'm this, right? I'm going to play that yeah. as like my falling asleep this is track. All cut. Have you uh, <laughs> have you taken uh, an SAT or an ACT yet? Um, I've taken the PSAT and I even nice. took the National Merit one, but I haven't actually taken the SAT yet, which is okay. it, it was right um, rolling down the hill as COVID really uh, struck hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you taken like, your SAT twos yet? Um, what? Your SAT twos, it's like they're additional SATs, like subject specific tests that a lot of colleges like want you to have on the, on the application. They'll be like, yeah, you took your SATs. Did you take any SAT twos? And what did you get on this? Did everything change when like when I would join college? Did they just add more exams? <laughs> Literally yeah. one year after <laughs> I, you joined college. SAT twos. SAT two was never not a thing when I applied. It was there, I've but never no heard one of took SAT it. Yeah, it was. It wasn't super. I didn't popular, have to take the ACT. The ACT wasn't required for any school that I applied to. So here's the thing: SAT is more East Coast focused. ACT is more West Coast focused. So they only made us take the ACTs because technically Ooh. in Colorado that's the only one yeah. that schools there cared about 
However, huh. they were saying that like that probably was going to change soon. Granted, keep in mind, I've been out of high school for like 10 years or something. Yeah, because like I feel eight. like... But I I've been out of high school for a minute. And I definitely feel like the um, the SAT has become more predominant. Like, well, you're also in a college prep school. Um, but, um, I've talked to uh, friends in uh, public school, and they're just like, oh, yeah, the SAT. Wow, you have friends think... in public school? You're not too good for them? <laughs> yeah. You're not too um, smart for them? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's a lot more of you have to take either the ACT or the SAT. But yeah. you kind of have like a freer-ish choice. And the SAT has always, like, I get why it's becoming more standard across the U.S. It's a lot of schools are wanting these longer, more, uh, I guess there's really no other word than elongated uh, standardized testings for everything from, like, just standardized testing to get into undergrad and then, like, standardized testing for uh, medical schools, LSATs and MCATs and everything are getting longer. And the mm -hmm. ACT has always been a sprint of a test. So I kind of understand that they like they want everybody to take these like fucking five, six, seven hour <laughs> tests, which is unbelievable that this is like a normal thing. But whatever. Well, I was going to say, when I had to take the ACT, though, they did block out all day for us. Mm. So it wasn't all day thing. I mean, yeah. It's like four mm -hmm. hours, three or four mm -hmm. hours or something. When you do like an AP test, then um, you just like do the AP test and you pretty much have the rest of the day, the day off. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> my school Whoa. gave us the option to go Whoa. back to class if we really wanted to, but you know. And the option. Andrew's the kid that ends up back class. in class because he not wanted to learn yeah. that day. You're I mean, lucky. I mean, we took like three AP tests in a day or something and yeah. then he said, mm -hmm. get back to class. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that um, like the the single year that I took an AP test that it wasn't uh, COVID related, I had like Spanish in the afternoon. So I was just like, yeah, I think I'll pass. Mm -hmm. I wish. Uh, yeah. Which AP uh, did you take? Um, that uh, My sophomore year, I took AP chemistry mm -hmm. and I got a four on it. Nice. Excellent. Nice. What like, did, have you gotten your scores for your AP tests? Um, this year? Yes. Mm -hmm. So How did that um, go? in AP bio, I got a four. Nice. In AP US History, I got a four. Nice. In AP Calculus, I got a five. Okay, wow. Classic. Nice. Good shit. And then um, in AP Lang, I got a five as well. So wow. Congratulations, I, Andrew. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying my hardest to not take a literature class in college. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. You should get as many credits as you can because... You can literally skip an entire year worth of classes from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely worth it. But that's phenomenal, it. Andrew. I don't want to skim over yeah. that. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. really, really great. Congratulations, especially in the time of COVID. That's really awesome. I mean, they're kind of easier in the time of COVID, but you know. <laughs> okay. I'm trying well, to pay you a compliment. <laughs> for the, yeah, for the, he's making it real hard compliments. for you to give him compliments. He's, a, he's very humble. <laughs> I'm the humblest person I know. <laughs> 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 but yeah like for the ap bio test they didn't even cover evolution interesting <laughs> it's Let's... just because we hadn't learned it yet like we were just about to learn it when covid mm. hit hard well i remember i was in ap bio and they kind of skimmed over evolution which was a little bit silly in my mind but um what can you say well, this you is america from monkeys megan 
How could you Are you with the that? monkeys, yeah, the scout style? Yeah, came from monkeys. That is me. <laughs> um, the scout monkey trial? Wait, we don't come from monkeys? Planet of the Apes isn't a documentary? <laughs> <laughs> About our It's a documentary set back in time. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me these scientists that say that we share 98% of our DNA with fucking flies, we're going to trust them to know what our an an ancestry is? Ancestry? Uh-uh. I know where I came from. Gout. Straight from Adam. <laughs> the, the scopes monkey trial modernized. <laughs> oh, That's funny. Sometimes I don't even know what a response to that would be. <laughs> Welcome to the South. Yeah, it's Man. pretty bad here. But Andrew, uh, once it clears up here, which is hopefully by the end of this year, I would really love for you to come down for the summer, hang out. Oh, yeah. That's it. Just mm -hmm. hang out. Just hang out, chill, look at houses. I mean, just different things. Look at yeah. houses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. are going to be looking at houses. Hopefully yeah. by next summer, we'll at least be looking at houses. If you're mm -hmm. in Qatar, Dev, then I'm still going to look at houses and just you be like, should look this for is Oh, fun fact. I found Qatar, out that Georgia, Georgia does have a first-time homebuyers program, and it's basically that there is no down payment on a house. What? Mm -hmm. Yep. So you really got to look into that because into because that's really like yeah I think it's gonna be our ticket to the top even if you're in Qatar so the top is in owning a house under your name <laughs> where's the homeowner uh, out of country uh what hey. I I am Dev I'm signing so this name aren't I my interests yeah. yeah I oh here's an idea okay yeah. okay you get a guitar you make me your power of attorney. So oh. I can sign everything on your behalf. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. This is the idea. Me and your dad in a room signing all this paperwork. <laughs> and you'll be like, man, I hope this. Dad's just going to be signing my good. life away. Because mm -hmm. I be know like, my dad wants to do that for I'll sure. I'll be like, $2 million house? Sure. He'll be paying it off forever. No problem. That's it. It's not my money. You come back and I'm in the other side changed. of the world. And I come back Your and it's like, Your name is uh, legally changed to Dave Adams. <laughs> Sparrow's bitch. I'm just going to move to another country and change my identity. Okay. Mm. And you guys will never, <laughs> ever find this me. Whole, this ever. whole guitar thing is just a way to hard ghost <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. Y'all, y'all, y'all. That's a real way for you to just drop off the face of the planet. Yeah. And, I, I don't know. Mm. This, the CIA might be able to find you. It's true. <laughs> and they will. Who knows? If we get a really big house loan in your name on your behalf, then yeah, I'm sure they'll track you down. Just move somewhere with no extradition. And it'll That's be true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, look, yeah. I was going to build a space colony anyways. Might as well start now. <laughs> Might as well just go <laughs> start for it. Yeah. That's funny. Ghost the Earth. Yeah. Uh, they launch a rocket. <laughs> huh? Earth? Who's that? I don't know. I don't know her. Never heard of her. <laughs> well, this seems as good a time as any to introduce our podcast. <laughs> Hello. This is not an expert podcast. Today we have a special guest, my brother, Andrew. Hi. He lives in Colorado. He is coming in with us um, via 
Discord. He yep. is at oh, yeah. 17 and uh, as smart as a fifth grader, at least. Probably <laughs> even smarter. <laughs> He's yes. definitely smart. Um, and he is going to be our expert on a topic since we are not experts. What are you going to be talking to us about today, Andrew? Okay, so I'm going to talk about um, climate change um, and renewable energies. And I'm going to focus on one specific renewable energy that honestly doesn't get that much uh, media attention. Okay, so... Um, Hydroelectric. I, I actually have a story. Um, okay. He has a story. It, it, it concerns this, uh, this small little upstart company. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called ExxonMobil. Who? Uh, sorry, I don't know them. Yeah, Never yeah. Like you said, they're, 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 they're a small startup. Um, yeah, a small mm. indie company. <laughs> yeah. And they're underground. Uh, you probably haven't heard of them. Oh, yeah. Like, Literally, their business yet. is operated underground because they're mining oil. Get it? So, yeah, let's let's flash back. He to didn't find that let's, money. Yeah. At all. <laughs> he just wants to have he nothing said, to do that with that. That is dumb. <laughs> we left so, that silence there so you could cut that out. <laughs> so let, let us uh, take a time machine yeah. back to 1980. Um, mm -hmm. Back when, were any of us alive at that time? No. Okay. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. No is still the answer. All the hallucinogens of the 80s really <laughs> wreaked havoc yeah. on Dev's mental state and memory. Probably because he was taking expired hallucinogens from the 80s. Mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so um, in the early 1980s, um, Exxon began... Um, digging into climate science. And um, they actually discovered that um, burning fossil fuels um, would produce more CO2 in the atmosphere, creating a greenhouse effect. Um, and this is this is what we know now. And it, it is kind of ironic that the uh, oil company um, discovered global warming. Mm. It's true. Yeah. And so they could directly look the other way. How do you know which direction to not look if you don't know which direction climate change is in? Fair, fair. And then um, they were just like, okay, but uh, keep on looking into it more. So then in 1982, uh, the scientists came back and said that um, with Ex uh, what Exxon was planning to do, um, uh, extracting fossil fuels, would warm, uh, would warm the climate, cause sea levels to rise, and, and cause more and more droughts. And you know what? They said, we don't care. Yes, yes, that's exactly what they said. They uh, mm -hmm. they did believe in the science, but they were <laughs> they they planted a seed, the seed of scientific uncertainty, essentially. Mm. A seed which is, has now been uh, watered, cultivated, fertilized. Yes. And I mean, we are seeing the effects of it very readily. And and you want to know how we knew? Because at that time they began to build their oil rigs a little higher <laughs> to account for rising sea levels. <laughs> wow, interesting. Um, oh, so, and, and in fact, in in the late '80s, did you know that eighty percent of Americans believed that climate change was was an issue? Eighty percent. Yes, e even That's... even Republican uh, Republican candidate George Bush Sr. 
um, in in 1988, um, pushed to help fight against uh, global warming, which is kind of kind of ironic, given that um, we know today's world. Yeah, it's almost like um, the world getting lit on fire isn't a political party issue. Yeah, and then yeah, here, here's um, here's where we start to um, get into the modern era. Um, throughout the 90s, Exxon pushed for um, pushed even harder against um, global warming with uh, they, they paid for they paid for um, ads in the in the New York Times that you know look like scientific articles and they had they had titles such as is the earth warming does does burning fossil fuels cause global warming <laughs> was the answer no in those ad articles of course, and the, and they paid mm. for fake science as well, because you know they're an oil company; they have the money. Mm-hmm. That's factual. It's a bummer. I mean, you have a hundred research papers; two of them are bound to show data supporting something else, and mm. people just happen to focus on that. Confirmation bias. Yeah, and here is where here is where. Um, they brought climate change into the political realm. Okay, they um, they paid um, the younger George Bush um, to remove CO two off of the list of pollutants, which is obviously crazy. Um, CO two does is a major pollutant, um, mm -hmm. and that's where um, that's where this really became a political issue. And um, on on the Republican Party international memo. It um it revealed how um, oil companies had influenced them, and here here's a quote: <clears throat> "The scientific debate is closing against us, but not yet closed. There is still a window of opportunity to challenge the science." And now, fifty-two percent of Americans don't think that global warming is an issue. That's mm -hmm. insane. It it went from eighty to forty-eight. That's literally the definition of propaganda. Yes. Y'all, we got to make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hate it. This is, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of really um, weird s silences, you know, put in here. And it's because all of us are, you know, kind of a little bit laughing, but also really dying inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both yeah. sort of funny and incredibly rage inducing. Yeah, extremely harrowing. How um, did like continue continue with your thing? Because because I think you're going to um, answer uh, my that's, question. That's pretty much the end of the story. Oh, but I mean, we'll get we'll get to modern yeah. times, but yeah, continue. Modern times not being the nineties. <laughs> Look, we live in it's 2020, and worse. we don't have flying cars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's as far going as I'm on. concerned, we haven't come far enough. Yeah. Also, Did I'm you know? sorry, what about planes? Isn't flying cars enough for you? <laughs> Did you know that these big oil companies, like, employ very, very dirty tactics to keep their money? <gasps> I mean, they who would have thought that? <laughs> what? So, oh. Currently, we have the technology to run every single car at at least 100 miles a gallon. At mm -hmm. least. But we then... currently have the technology. The patents have been established. Mm -hmm. 
but who guess who owns them? Oil companies. Mm-hmm. Halliburton. You know, so it's they're not gonna put them out, and there's a reason why they bought them up. So I mean, it's, it's very insane. sad to see what greed does to this world. Every new piece of information I learn about our country is just depressing. Oh my god, I, I like I was living in this state before let's say let's say before trump was elected i i had this really strong belief i'm like you know america's actually i always thought to myself this is like the one place where you can get clean water from tap for the most part uh and and a mcdonald's burger for cheap at the same time so like it's there's very few countries in the world where you get both of those options so i was like this place is this is a fantastic country and that's that was all that i needed that was my entire stipulations for what took a great country and then after i've been learning a lot more thanks to social media sites thanks to news outlets uh and the trump administration's shit um yeah yeah, i'm sad i'm sad and i'm a little sadder every day oh yeah yeah and and now that's making you even more sad by describing some of the effects that um climate change could have perfect so (laughs) rising sea levels will cost the world about 14 trillion dollars by uh by 2100 or wait now 2100 yeah and um nine out of the ten deadliest heat waves in human history have occurred between 2000 and now Mm -hmm. that sounds about right yeah that does sound right i saw a graph i think on reddit the other day of like I know that there's like tons of these everywhere, every year, every month, pretty much. Uh, but it was a graph about like the average temperature in the world or something like that. From, I think they had it from like, like one thousand and two A.D. up until now or something like that. Uh, and it was just like, <laughs> it was this wave. It basically looked like a sine wave. It was just up and down and up and down and like kind of <laughs> settling in between these numbers. And I was like, wow, okay. So it was a little colder in this year and hotter in this year. And I was like, oh, so it's been kind of just fluctuating really harshly for like a while. And then it came across like 1960 and it just <laughs> skyrocketed up. And I was like, never mind. Nothing before this was even comparable or worth talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's an argument that um, I've had used against me. <laughs> Just like, oh, but the Earth is on a natural cycle. It, it constantly shifts. Yes, so not in the direction that, um, that this shifts. Uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, um, it had 34 days this year with a high of over 110. And this, I wrote this a while ago, so it's, it's like 35 now, I think. Oh my god. It is uh, absolutely ridiculous. And... Um, in 2020, Phoenix averaged 99 degrees Fahrenheit, breaking a record that was set in 2009. I was six at the time. That was when I wanted to be my paleontologist on the moon. That's when you had um, all of the dinosaurs wrapped around your room, and we could point at any one of them, and you would tell us exactly what they were called. And also, it's when you would walk past the front door and be like, Oh, hi, guys. I didn't see you there. I'm Andrew. Come on. Let's go find Blue. (laughs) He loved to believe that he was Steve from Blue's Clues. He loved it. Absolutely. (laughs) 
He even um, had a thinking chair and a notepad that was his notebook. Was Steve still a guy in 2009? Yes. Joe. Um, when did Joe take over? Joe. I, well, it was Steve and Joe, but we, I'll be honest I think they were, like, you. running reruns of, like, yeah, Steve Yeah, I was going to say, Ke- so, like, uh, Andrew every- watched... Blues Clues as often as possible, which meant that we had like VHSs, uh, old VHSs. We had like things that we would rent from the library. We would take like library trips, and Andrew would always pick out like Blues Clues episodes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that or science stuff. Yeah, listen, he was not discriminant between Steve, between Joe. He didn't care. He even had a shirt that was similar, and he would put it on, and he would always walk past the front door and be like, Hi, guys. Hi. I didn't you see man. you there. Come on, let's go find Blue. And he would make little Blue's clues and stick it on things. It was very cute. This makes me very want cute. a modern climate change focused version of Blue's Clues. Blue's Clues? <laughs> Listen, Andrew, next time that we see you, it's in uh, development. You're going to come here to Atlanta and we're going to film a climate change focused Blue's Clues with you as the host. All right, here we go. First oh. song It Just Got Much Hotter. It just got just much hotter. Much hotter. It just, just got, got much hotter. hotter. I wonder, I wonder fucking how why. It <laughs> Funny. Oh. This will not be child appropriate. Ah. Oh, right, Andrew's child. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Andrew's still a minor. Let's not forget that. So, um, I um I did a little bit of research and I found a 2012 paper um that says. Our findings have confirmed that human emissions are the main cause of global warming over the past 150 years. Since human emissions are the cause of global warming, reducing emissions will will reduce the amount of warming in the future. We hope this study contributes to a public realization that emissions or emission reductions are necessary to safeguard Earth's climate. I have a question about that. Yes. So one of the things that I've been reading about is like the personal reduction of my own carbon footprint. Um, we've been eating like a mostly vegetarian diet and trying to reduce our um, carbon footprint here in the house as much as possible. Um, just low key by doing like small things like switching away from dryer sheets, just that type of stuff. However, what I've read is that despite how many personal changes we make still like 95% of carbon emissions is done by factories. And oh, yeah. no matter how much I minimize my own personal carbon footprint, which is like definitely okay and worthwhile to do, but no matter how much I do that, there's still going to be 95% that falls on the shoulders of factories, factory owners, so means of production. Yes, absolutely. Even if everybody lived like Greta Thunberg, it would still be an issue. Mm-hmm. It would be a large issue. Like, it's not even like it would be 50% of an issue. No, it would still be like yeah. 95% of the issue that it is right now. I think I think it has a lot to do with we don't understand the true cost of what we are doing to this world. Like, think about it. Like you said, McDonald's burger. We have that, right? Uh-huh. Imagine if we factored in the amount of harm that each burger would cost and how much higher the price of each burger would be. Do you think anybody would want that? No. No. There is a certain 
everything you do causes harm but we have technologies in place to counteract that but nobody wants to first off accurately measure how much harm we're doing and no one wants to implement those methods to counteract that you know absolutely so, like um let's say that this tablecloth right here right that no matter what we got it for it created pollutants in the environment you used water you used fresh water to create something like this and if we factored in the true cost of this to the environment around us it would be a lot more expensive yes oh, yeah. but more what i'm trying to get at is that there's a definite balance between personal responsibility and, and corporate responsibility corporate oh, sure. responsibility this... that that's what we need to you know you're saying that we don't realize the effect that we have on the ecosystem which is true no this isn't but us. what we ultimately is... need to be looking at is the effect that corporations have yep. on demanding their responsibility and that they be held accountable because Listen, I love to offload responsibility from myself. That's not something that I shy away from at all. But at the same time, I mean, there's only right now so much responsibility that can be put on the consumer. The real crux of the problem definitely lays it with corporations, yeah. businesses. Yeah, I like, agree. That's part of the reason behind, like, taxing them. Yeah. But that's why, I mean, Kevin's episode that we had to uh, scrap, he was talking about CO2 emissions where you would get, like, a tax incentive for creating less so then people would create more to create less so that way they would get the money for creating less comparatively. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. ultimately, there's a corporate responsibility that is much, much larger than anything we can fathom. And that's what we need to start really turning our eyes to, yeah. turning our gaze towards. Ultimately, yes. McDonald's is a corporation. The people who made this blanket is a corporation. Georgia that Tech. Is, Tell them. Tell them right now. That is taking advantage of our environment and using it to fill their own pockets. Right? Mm -hmm. And yes. That in as is unacceptable with the amount of information we have today. That's one thing, um, Andrew. My next show recommendation that I have for you is this is going to sound a little offbeat, but I promise you, I think you'll really like it. Zach Efron's show, The Down to Earth with Zach Efron, it is so much more interesting than you think it's going to be. You think like, oh, High School Musical Zach Efron. No, this dude is like going to Iceland, like studying their zero greenhouse uh, gas emissions like policies because Iceland as a country has zero. He goes and travels to different countries and figures out like how they source things um, to be in much more harmony with their environment. Um, and it's incredibly, incredibly interesting. Um, yeah. And I think you should watch it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll get, in, I'll get into country cool show, uh, a little a bit later. Mm, okay. You know, one of the things I feel like is often overlooked, but you mentioned it, is how we got from 80% to the 52% we have today. Or 48, right? 48. Sorry, 48% we have today, which is an insane leap to have in such an, I don't know, God forbid I use the word educated country. Yeah. You know? Um. And I feel like we have to look more 
into why the general public is so unwilling to accept this. I mean, know? just look at look at the look at how people are refusing to wear masks. Yes, yeah. it's the general misinformation and the disinformation that goes on. Y'all remember when internet was still relatively new to us? Our parents were like, "Oh, you better better be careful of the internet. There's a lot of fucking shit on it, right?" Yeah, but it happens to be that they are the ones who are the most susceptible to misinformation. Oh yeah, is that not crazy it is our parents who go on the internet and who look at something and believe that it's a god-given word and they will follow it to their dying breath well i also feel like in this country we don't have the best ability to um recognize what's propaganda versus what is like actual fact even yeah. the circulating premise of like alternative facts yeah um thanks to kellyanne what's her last name conway um, her saying alternative facts, uh, and that's now been like a thing where people think that they're alternate versions of what the truth is, and yeah. that like I think that we have lost the ability to kind of discern between what is propaganda, what is um, intentionally misleading versus what is like yeah. we bias in this age. So we yes. sort of have like. I don't want to say we've been trained by it, but at least we know how to recognize it, right? So think about someone who has no idea and who's just joined the internet and who has been trained by their mind to look at a newspaper where things are vetted and pre-vetted and the people who are writing them are respectable gen journalists who have been through the ringer and you know what they're going to post is going to be at least somewhat credible. You Everything know. that you're saying makes me disagree with you. You don't think so? No, investigative journalism, as important as it is, um, there's a lot of biased um, reporters who would intentionally report something misleading. Kevin, what do you have to say? I don't want to derail too much from what Andrew's topic is about, because oh, yeah, I know that he's got plenty more to tell us about, but I think that we're all taking away a little bit too far from the um, inherent problem here, which is mm -hmm. that people are inherently self-interested mm -hmm. and will constantly find things that support their side of things, mm -hmm. especially when in this day and age when there is plenty plenty of reporting, plenty of journalism, plenty of things out there that can support any and all sides as long as there is demand, as long as there's interest for it. So mm -hmm. the inherent issue is people's self-interest, not the fact that misinformation exists. You could remove all misinformation and people's self-interest would still take priority. You mm -hmm. tell people, you tell these Trump supporters, you tell all these people like what the effects of like these things are happening are, or worse yet, you tell them that the things that they have heard are false, straight up wrong. Like. They, like we talk to the Trump supporters and they say, like, uh, if you found out that Trump was doing this, this, this or this, like, would you still support him? And they said, no, I, you know, he doesn't do that, though. And then they say, yes, he does. And they say, I don't care. It's because their self-interest takes priority above all else. And I think mm -hmm. that is the yeah. crux and the core of the issue, because I think this was in the good place. We're still in a me versus us mentality, mm -hmm. uh, which is like the first step towards like a progressive society is getting over the me versus us mentality. Simone. We have to work together. Mm -hmm. I love that bitch. But Andrew, I know you have plenty yeah, more to yeah, talk yeah. about with yeah, climate yeah. change. Please continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I like how uh, you brought up that bias thing. Um, because 
I'm going to bring up a relatively unbiased thing. If you go to climateclock.net, you can see um, the amount of global warming that we've done to date. And then um, the scientists um, give us an estimate of uh, the time that we have left till we reach that 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold. Um, and that's, um, I, I know you've heard a lot of things like, oh, but if it's raised two degrees, then it's bad. Mm -hmm. um, but two degrees is just the absolute like worst case scenario. 1.5, at 1.5 degrees Celsius increase, things will get bad. And the, the clock currently stands at 12 years, three months, one day, 10 hours, 48 minutes, and counting. All right, we just hit the overclock point. That's right. Our our current global warming, we have we've increased global temperatures 1.46 degrees or 1.1446, not 1.46. Um we are getting uh scarily close. Like that gives us till about like 2043 to figure things out. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. To, to start turning things around, not even just to figure things out, right? Because there's still that that layover effect where even after we start to implement some of the things that will reduce greenhouse gases, we're not going to see the effects of those to hit until like 10 years past. Absolutely. Um, which is kind of like doing, uh, doing policies that um, fight against climate change. It's like steering the... Uh, the wheel of a ship, uh, a rather large ship. You aren't going to see an immediate change. However, it's going to build up over time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. You can't make a dime point turn in a ship. Yeah. Good analogy. Now, now, now it's time to talk about uh, modern era. Because we have um, a president who does not really care about the climate. Um, because... In 2017, and this is the thing that um, that peeves me off the most, is Trump withdrew from the Paris Agreement. Mm. That the is, isn't it the Paris Accord? Paris Accord, Paris Climate I'm Accord, sorry. Sorry. agreement. I, I've heard, I've heard both. Mm -hmm. But that uh, it was, it was, and this this conference was the first time that everyone in the world agreed that global warming is an issue and that we need to fight it together. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, this is really embarrassing for the U.S. Yeah, like um, the the president of France or, or whatever, Emmanuel Macron, said um, to all the American scientists who are disappointed by Trump's decision to pull out of the Paris uh, Paris Climate Accord. You will find in uh, in France. Uh, a place where um, you can work um, work to better the world. And uh, mm. several companies, uh, including like Walmart, Bank of America, and Philip Morris International, all said that they would uh, they would adhere to uh, the Paris Accord. And you don't hear good good stories of those three uh, companies. True. Additionally, um, multiple states have said that they will still individually um, adhere to it. So Colorado yeah. is an example. Um, then, I believe um, California as well. Yeah, look at those liberals. <laughs> I know, those liberal snowflakes trying to make a difference. What's funny is that um, 
Trump cited Pittsburgh as his reason, uh, one of his reasons for pulling out of the Paris uh, Climate Accord, and the mayor <laughs> said that um, this action uh, has taken us back decades. Mm. That that really was, has. yeah. Why do you pick Pittsburgh of all places? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, no like, one even like, likes Pittsburgh. Why not? Why not? Like Charleston or um, Jacksonville. Mm. <laughs> And the thing, the thing that bothers me the most is that he says um, it would it would force the U.S. to do this and that, this and that. When in reality, there is no um, like punishment per se. Like, right? There's not there's own... not like a negative impact to doing this. We're not like super incredibly inconvenienced. It's not like it's taking it's gonna take a bunch more like dollars out of America's pocketbook. Yep. Mm. You know. Oh, yeah. We're going to feel um, it in our lifetimes. We're going to feel everything. No, he just means it by following it. We're right. not. Yeah. Like, they were it's not like um, it's super inconvenient to follow it. There were right, no, no there negative were, impacts. There were no um, what, uh, consequences to, um, to not meeting your goals. It, was, it would mm. just be shame, which I mean. We have plenty of that. Yeah. We talk about Florida man all the time, but. To the rest of the world, we are the Florida man. <laughs> I did read that. Yeah, yeah we right. are. Yep. That's true, true. But, I, you know, that does make sense. I I remember hearing that a lot probably about five years ago when people were talking about, like, why don't we just try for, like, zero emissions? Why don't we just try for full and 100% renewable energy? Because even if we, like, don't make it, even if it's, like, not feasible to be 100% renewable and, like on our resources, we would still be making a huge impact we would still like have renewable energy and be more sustainable as a country like why what what's the problem with trying what's the problem with making steps forward <laughs> sorry you, you cut, cut out, out a lot <laughs> oh i cut out a lot yeah, yeah. What did that, you makes say? It, that makes it even funnier <laughs> it was just a squeak yeah we just start <laughs> It's like, yeah. <laughs> but um, then you know we tried to uh, we tried to try again with the Green New Deal, and of course you know, <laughs> you you have um you have Fox News saying like, oh it's gonna make us get rid of your hamburgers and get rid of your planes or whatever, when th th there was nothing in there uh there was nothing in the document about that it was just that um AOC's um team uh attempted to make a joke when there really uh, shouldn't have been. Oh yeah, and by far, one of the most one of the most common arguments that I get when, when I try to explain that global warming is a major issue is that, oh, but China and India are so much worse. But. But. They have a lot of people. Not only that, but they're developing countries. Yes, they are West developing countries as well. already went through that phase of polluting the entire planet. And now that it's brought to our light, we choose to look at countries that are in the same situation that we were 100 years ago. And we choose to pinpoint these things at them. You know? So that's... Definitely true. So. I don't know. I also think that the whole like 
pointing our fingers at another kid and saying he's still doing cocaine doesn't mean that we shouldn't <laughs> stop doing cocaine. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it like, seems like a very childish. Well, response. it's about understanding who shares what responsibility. That's right? fair. Like, and how would you expect a country, like, let's say, India? Keep up with the resources of America in fighting global warming. Yes, they pollute the environment way more than we do, but it's actually I'll get to that. How are you? Would you even measure that? You know? Do they even have the resources to exactly like right? fight climate change like we do? Exactly right. So these are very important questions that just saying that oh India does it, China does it. You know, so why should we care about it? You know. Or we can choose not to do it. Yeah. We just continue to do it. Exactly. You know, yeah. these questions have a lot more depth to them. Hit us with the answers, Andrew. Okay. So, per capita, China is 78th in emissions, and India is 112th. Can you, can you guess what the what rank the U.S. is? Four. Wait. First. It is, it is four. 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 four? Yes. Four. Oh I knew I read those graphs correctly. You said What are the other two? 78 and 112. I didn't chime in because my next question was going to be, are they actually producing more emissions than we are? Per capita. But like, even if you divide their, like, um, their population down to what U.S.'s population is, which I think U.S. to China's population is about a little over a third of China's population. Um, I think that's like a little bit of an under estimate. I was going to say, so. we have about 300 million, and China has about 1.5 billion. 1.6 billion? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of India, who's a little bit closer to 1 billion. Um, 1. 1.3. 1. 1.3 billion, and then the U.S. is at 380 million, so right around the third mark. I think 320, but that's and, semantics. And even more, guess, who, guess who's number one, not only in coronavirus deaths and cases, but also in emissions total. Italy. The U.S. Yeah. of A. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man. I was really hoping that it wasn't, but I kind of knew that it was. Wait, per capita emissions? No, no, just in total. In total. Yeah. I mean, granted, this this was uh this was a report from 2012, so things could have changed. Um, yeah. but, but they definitely probably they have not. We're probably yeah. even more uh, in the lead now. Yeah, we're number one. Which means we're the best, according to Trump. <laughs> yeah. If, if, We're number if, one in something. If, if the if the virus has taught us anything, we are we are choosing to be number one, but in the worst possible things. Join us next week, where Andrew brings us some potential solutions for this climate catastrophe.